Welcome, welcome everybody. My singing is still horrible, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl, Cindy G. Hope everyone had a great um, last week, especially on the weekends, of course. Wanted to give a very special shout out to the Bullcast Nation, who are mamas, of course. I know you guys celebrated an amazing Mother's Day, of course. Um, Mother's Day this year has been pretty low-key. Just, you know, me, my sister, my mom, we just had lunch inside at home, per usual. And, yeah, my mom really enjoyed the presents that, like, myself and my sister got her. So, yeah, it was a pretty chill Mother's Day and she's doing okay I just wanted to let everybody know because I know you guys already know what's going on with my mom like since the end of 2020 of course but everybody is good and healthy hope everyone is doing good so wanted to give a belated happy Mother's Day to all the Bullocast Nation's mamas of course anyway you guys with that being said we are in episode 35 that's right Episode 35, State of Emergency. That is right. That is the name of the episode because I wanted to talk about a very concerning um, wrestling news that's been recently, especially in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Especially there has been a recent report I found out this morning that is very concerning, especially what's going to be happening with New Japan Pro Wrestling overseas in Japan, you guys. So on today's episode wrestling independent wrestling of course results and upcoming show then wrestling news and headlines recap from nwa power surge that's right there was no nwa power it's just a power surge episode which i'll get into that also recap from impact wrestling and also i'm going to be doing a prediction for this Saturday's Impact Plus special for Under Siege. Alright you guys, so let's go ahead and kick off with some independent wrestling results. That's right. So, on Thursday, May 6th. That's right, Beyond Wrestling Presents, Beyond Project Reality. Just took place at the White Eagle venue in Worcester, Massachusetts. So you have is Chris Dickinson defeated Teddy Good, Alec Price defeated Edith Surreal, Robo the Punjabi Line defeated One Call Manners. The team of the Sea Star consists of Ashley Box and Delmi Exo defeated the team of Pretty Proper consists of Lady Frost and Victor J- Benjamin in a tag team match. Matt Matawiski defeated Cam Zagami. And Matt Matawiski defeated Richard Holiday. Aaron Roke defeated Solo Darling. The team of the Shook Crew consists of Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan defeated the team of Mike Verna and Rex Lawless. Kimberly defeated Masha Slamovic. And in your main event match, Wheeler Yuta defeated Lee Moriarty and become the new IWTV in the Pendant Wrestling Champion. So congratulations to all the winners. You can check out Beyond Wrestling presents Beyond Project Reality only on independentwrestling.tv. PWA presents PWA Black Label just had their show on Saturday, May 8th. Took place at the Max Watts Arena in Sydney, Australia, that's right. Kai Drake with Michael Spencer defeated Jack Bonza with Kingsley. Matt Roger defeated Backman with Jim Bro Jesse and Jack Payne. And Belina Pierce with Unsocial Jordan in a three-way match. Big Fudge versus Concrete Davison ends in a draw during the two-man rubble match. Matt Diamond defeated Liber Lucci via DQ. The team of Charlie Evans, Jessica Troy, and Ricky South defeated the team of Cherry Stevens, Sam Osborne, and Will Kiedis alongside Don Marnell in a six-person tag team match. Mick Moretti defeated Carter Deems. Unsocial Jordan with AJ and Belina Pierce 
defeated Michael Spencer. And in your main event match, the team of Aussie Opens consists of Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis defeated the team of the Velocities consists of Jude London and Paris De Silva and thus becoming the new PWA Tag Team Champion. So congratulations to all the winners. You can check out PWA Presents, PWA Black Label on Fight TV. That's right. And now that is it for the independent wrestling results. Now we have upcoming shows. So I have is one show that is upcoming that's going to be taking place this Saturday, May 15th. That's right. Game Changer Wrestling Presents Draft Day will be having their show at the Meet Las Vegas, of course, in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. So you'll have is Jack Cartwheel will be taking on Jimmy Lloyd. You have is Leo Rush will be taking on North Cal's favorite, Starboy Charlie. Then Joey Janela will have his match against Alley Cat. Jordan Oliver will be having his match against Ricky Marvin. Effie will be taking on Dark Sheik. SC, SGC will be taking on Unguided and along and Effie. And in your main event match, you'll have it's the GCW World Championship match between the current champ Nick Effin Gage will be taking on AJ Gray. So check out GCW on Fight TV. All right, you guys, that is it for the independent wrestling results and upcoming shows, you guys. Now let's go ahead and go to the wrestling news slash headlines, whichever. So I did listen to the recent episode of Renee Paquette's podcast, Oral Session, where she actually did interview Mickey James. So I was at work and I saw on Spotify that Renee releasing a new episode featuring Mickey Jam. I'm like, holy crap, let me go ahead and listen to it. Because I know this is going to be a lot of like talk around the internet wrestling community, especially in the wrestling journalistic world, you guys. So I had to listen to the whole interview. And I must say, the interview was very spot on perfect. I'm glad that Mickey James was very honest and very authentic when it comes to like certain topics she was talking about, especially the recent trash bag gate which y'all know what what's been going on within the past couple days where mickey james did took to social media calling out wwe for like mailing her in the her stuff in a trash bag of course and of course with this whole outrage happening a lot of the former wwe superstar mainly the women's superstar speaking out on it and they took action that wwe fired Mark Carano, of course, which not a fan of his because, you know, seeing past episode of Total Divas, well, my sister's a fan of Total Divas. Yeah, he has this manipulated, cocky attitude, you know, but that's just me. Anyway, so on the episode of the Orange Session, Mickey James did debunk a couple things that she, um, she discussed. First of all, the whole the trash bag gay even though at first like she was very hesitant to post the picture and what she had to say about the care package that she received however however she did however she did um using her own judgment and just posted right away she did say that she has no ill will towards WWE or Vince McMahon because she is forever grateful for the opportunity that she's been giving especially showcasing her in-ring ability, her character, how she is actually giving the opportunity to be wearing many hats, like whether she wanted to be in commentary or be a manager or in backstage being a producer. I know that she's been giving it more, more like opportunity behind the scenes besides just wrestling, of course. So she did debunk the rumors. However, prior to that, Renee Paquette did actually said it before I interviewed Mickey James that she also has her stuff sent via trash bag. Even though she didn't think about it, but she had a very similar experience to what Chelsea Green has been going through, which she is one of the wrestlers that actually um, did speak out that she has her stuff sent in via trash bag, of course. And Renee Paquette did mention that like some of her stuff in the trash bag is not hers. Like They have like 
makeup brands from like different WWE superstars to she has a pair of Natalia's boots, which is not hers. So, so it was like a lot of like miscommunication going on. And of course, she didn't think that much about like any of this subliminal message being sent about the whole trash bag. She stated she didn't think of it that way too. But then when things come come into light of the situation, that's where the whole uproar began. So in the interview, Mickey James did debunk it about it. And I know that they're going to be making, WWE is doing, making a lot of changes when it comes to like former stars, personal belongings and all that, all of that, like this different policy alike too. So I'm glad that Mickey James did debunk like her side of the story because I know the internet, especially on Twitter, they go ham big time. And then afterwards, like, she did also discuss about her time in WWE and especially the topic about ageism as well because a lot of people have been, like, overlooked about, like, stars that, like, hitting their peak age, like, when they're in their, like, mid mid to late 30s and above and they're not being utilized as much on TV and just focus on is the younger stars or stars that is, like, big names in a in a pretty much a similar age of course too so mickey james she didn't think much stated that she didn't think much about this whole ageism thing even though for women it is different and it's different however wwe is trying to pitch in kind of like this old lady um gimmick which thank goodness it didn't happen however there has been like so many like so many things that like it wasn't even being utilized as much especially like showcasing the different roles for like someone who is in this peak age of it too so Mickey James says that she's been on television for 20 years or whatever that is but she feel like that should be a good thing and the good thing of it is that people called her a, a legend of course legend because, like, she is the six-time WWE Women's Champion. And that's how they've been dubbed her as, too, as a legend. Former six-time WWE Women's Champion. Like, her accolade, of course. Not, like, what she's doing it currently, too. She said she's always been grateful to, like, being, like, the lock, somewhat of a locker room leader. Even though a lot of the girls come up to her, ask her advice. And also, Mickey James says she's always grateful to be in the manager, being on Alexa Bliss's corner when she used to be teaming up with her and whatnot, too. So, thinking about this whole ageism thing has been brought to light. And then the heavy-hitting topic is about, um, about her thoughts about... Eva Marie's return to WWE and how much the whole like internet wrestling community mainly on Twitter has been uproar saying that like oh so you released like these stars but brought back Eva Marie so Mickey James she said that she did call Eva Marie she's incredible she that she's able to step away and still remain relevant and rebrand herself and almost excel outside of WWE and say that She's been down in NXT working and stuff. So pretty much she has been in, in the facil- in the performance center just to train hard and all that. And saying that like she is a fan of her her character, her character song, even though her wrestling ability is not her strong point, but like her character, her promos has been her best asset as well. And she did make it clear that like Saying that fans are like, you just had these budget cuts and let all these people go and then you debut someone else. They always debut new talents after WrestleMania, so it falls in line. Which, definitely, I I agree with what she had to say because, like, unbeknownst to anyone, they debuted new stars. Like, whether it's after the big major four pay-per-views. Survivor Series... Well, okay, Survivor Series, it can be a hit or miss when they debut someone new. But when it comes to debut, like, you have the Royal Rumble. And you thought, like, the people that um, that enter in the Royal Rumble are going to be debuting afterwards. Or debut after Mania. Or even SummerSlam. So, 
that I agree because like new stars debuting after Mania and after SummerSlam and they get the names of like and then the budget cuts happen. I mean, normally, normally it just happened like a month after Mania. Now it's like pretty recent lately, which is like pretty strange for along the line too. However, Mickey James did also compliment about Eva Marie saying that she is beautiful and stunning and she do have and she has mad respect for her or her and her hustle like she has millions of followers and able to rebrand herself as well. So so she did admire Eva Marie and she's happy that she is back in WWE for what it is and glad that she actually did debunk those rumors like from what the internet wrestling community is about because they're pretty much ruthless too. And then of course Mickey James did talk about what's going to be her future when it comes to after wrestling. Also she talk about her podcast alongside Lisa Marie Varone. You may know her as Victoria slash Tara slash whatever. And SoCal Val, she did talk about that. And talk about, like, while she was, like, promoting the show, WWE asked her to take down a couple of tweets because that's part of, like, you know, the third-party um, media or whatever the hell policy WWE does. But now she has the free rage to promote the podcasting show alongside Lisa Marie and SoCal Val. Also, she talked about that. She is working on a supplement line for women since she helped her husband Nick Aldis like creating the supplement line. So that's pretty much awesome that Mickey James is working hard with these ventures that is outside of wrestling. And she talked about, you know, her, she's been working on her new single. That's right. Her new single is going to be called Grown Ass Woman. That's right. So. Keep on the lookout for Mickey James's new song, her new album. She said it's gonna be an all women's uh, girl power anthem. So stay tuned, you guys. And besides, my favorite Mickey James song is actually Hardcore Country. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop singing because you know you guys already suffer enough with the intro of my horrible singing, but. Yeah, <laughs> so I do enjoy listening to this interview. Like I said, Mickey James was pretty honest. She was very authentic about it. Renee Young, I mean Renee Paquette, keep saying her former WWE name. Renee Paquette, she actually talked a bit about her experience as well. So I'm glad that these ladies did address everything what the whole like internet wrestling um, community is talking about. And that way that everybody can now move forward to it. So I would say very well put interview for Renee Paquette's podcast. So definitely check out Renee Paquette's podcast, Oral Sessions. It's a really good listen. So I highly check it out too. Anyway, guys, with that being said, so now let's go ahead and talk about the wrestling Biggest headline, of course, concerning with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So as you guys know that Japan is going on a state of emergency once again due to the increase of the COVID-19 virus, you guys. That's right, the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic going on, even though the numbers on certain part of the world, including the United States, is decreasing but as you guys know, there has been a shortages of vaccine being rolled internationally, and Japan is actually one of them, you know. So I know it's been it's very difficult, like certain parts in the world just to get just to get the shipment of vaccine or how everything is working out. Like I'm not I'm not too sure about what is the requirement to get the COVID-19 vaccine in Japan or what kind of vaccine. Okay, because the only vaccine I know of is Pfizer, Moderma, Johnson & Johnson, and overseas they have is AstraZeneca, of course. So with the increase of the COVID-19 viruses, um, Japan has been declared a state of, um, the state of emergency currently taking place in a, in certain part of Japan, including Tokyo and other prefecture. So in light of this, so New Japan did declare an announcement on Friday, May 7th that they're actually going to be postponing um, 
one of the New Japan Pro Wrestling biggest um, event, which is the Wrestle Grand Slam that's taking place in Yokohama Stadium and at the Tokyo Dome. That was supposed to be scheduled for May 15th and May 29th. That's right. And besides that, there has been a confirmed that two of the New Japan Pro Wrestling um, wrestlers has been tested positive for COVID, of course. I know for a fact that, like, on May 4th, New Japan Pro Wrestling did announce that, like, there's some matches has been changing because some of the one wrestler was supposed to be scheduled came down with a excruciating fever. So they have to change each of the match cards. So the match card that was supposed to be happening was ok- Kusuchika Okada and Sho versus Minoru Suzuki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And then you have Master Watu, Ryusuke Taguchi, Hiroshi Tanzai, Toru Yano, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bullet Club, which is Dick Togo, Taishi Shimore, Evil, Yoshiro Takahashi, and Jay White. And the match that is like cancel is El Desperado versus Yo. So they actually modify two of the matches, but one of them has already been canceled, which is Yo versus El Desperado. And in light of it, of course, of course, a day later, that's when they made the announcement that two wrestlers has been tested positive for COVID-19. And in light of that, they did not reveal which wrestler has been tested due to the privacy and being respected respected privacy for the wrestler while they're in the road to recovery as well. And New Japan, they actually mentioned that they've been testing each of the wrestler daily, including when they're in, in training, especially they also have to wear their mask and social distancing, everything like that, like while they're in training and all that stuff too. So yeah, you guys, it sucks major. And I know for a fact that people are like speculating like is, oh, this wrestler, that wrestler. I'm not going to say name names of rich wrestler tested positive for COVID because, because it's not confirmed and just being respectful. However, just as of su- this past Sunday, of course, on Mother's Day, New Japan Pro Wrestling broke the news that Seven additional wrestler has been tested positive for COVID. That's right. This, like I said, this is really sad. And this is really, you know, yeah, this is heartbreaking, you know. And now New Japan Pro Wrestling is now taking a strictly implemented policy to make sure everybody is being protected and also making sure... All parties have to be, be, be like cautious about it too. Because I know for a fact in New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have their, sh- they started out with an empty arena show since last June. And then they brought back fans during the New Japan Cup 2020 finale and then Dom, and then Dominion. So this is a very concerning situation, especially the fact that we still have these vaccine shortages like all across, like, across the world and yet you have is like this policy of like who's getting vaccinated and all it's so mind-boggling guys and I must say I feel so bad for Kevin Kelly who flew all the way from the United States to Japan just to get ready to commentate for New Japan Pro Wrestling thus now the show has been postponed completely so What's going to be happening with New Japan Pro Wrestling? I mean, I know that, like, they're going to be continuing to postpone it. Probably it's going to be, like, a month and all postponed because Dominion is going to be taking place sometime in the summertime, you guys. Mainly July, August. I don't know. And my concern is, is that, like, if it's going to keep going, it's like, they're going to have to do the empty arena show like they normally do. Do like when during the pandemic last year when they came back, it's very heartbreaking, you guys. So, and I know that people are gonna be like looking forward to seeing the show live or watching it, like each show, like what's going to happen next, especially what's going to be happening with the titles itself, too. I mean, so you have is Will Ospreay, who is the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, you have Jay White, who is the never open. Openweight champion. 
I think you have G.O.D., the IWGP Tag Team Champion. You have is Rapunge 3K as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Who else is a heavyweight champion? I got to take a look on Wikipedia later on, so my mind has been blurred. However, you guys, they're still New Japan Strong every Friday night. That's right. Every Friday night, New Japan Strong airs, so that's something to look forward to for to watch for if you need a quick fix for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, for myself, has been strongly watching New Japan Strong every Friday, and I enjoyed it so much. And especially you have is the... The first ever New Japan Strong Champion, Filthy Tom Lawler, you guys. And they're now on the Road to Destruction tour, or is the Collision? Something like that tour. I mean, it's been a long day, you guys. But, yeah, I just wanted to send so much love, speedy recovery to everybody that is affected by the virus and... Also, everybody's affected with everything overseas. You know, my heart goes out to you guys. Hopefully, things may change. Hopefully, there'll be more vaccine that's going to be rolling in internationally because right now, it's a shortage because, you know, people wanted to get vaccinated and getting back to normal, you guys. So, much love to everyone out there as well. And stay safe, as always. And speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Strong, results. So you have is the team of the LA Dojo, which is the DKC and and Kevin McKnight versus um, Barry Brown and Adrian Quest, where Barry Brown and Adrian Quest defeated the LA Dojo boys. Then you have is the West Coast Wrecking Crew, which is consists of Royce Isaac and Jarrell Nelson, defeated the team of Jordan Clearwater and Mysterioso in their New Japan Pro Wrestling US of A debut match. And that was a pretty much a very fun match. And in your main event match you have is the team of John Moxley and Chris Dickinson defeated the team of Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita. So those are the results from... This past Friday's New Japan Strong. Y'all know that this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, John Moxley will be defending his IWGP United States Champion against Yuji Nagata, you guys. So this is going to be exciting, and I'm definitely going to be giving a little bit of a gist of this match. Well, I'm starting to bring back the coverage of New Japan Pro Wrestling US of A, you guys. But if you want to find out more of my thoughts on AEW Dynamite or anything AEW, Related, head on to the Teddy Turnbuckles YouTube channel. I mainly do reaction video and I give my review and recap of the episode of AEW down in my live stream. All right. Anyway, you guys, enough of this, you know, sadness of this news. Like, I mean, I hope things will be okay for New Japan Pro Wrestling and especially certain promotion in Japan as well because I know for a fact that. That in a couple days, there's going to be a upcoming Hana Kumara Memorial Show that's going to be taking place. So, I'm definitely going to be watching it for sure. So, yeah, you guys. I don't know what's going to be happening next, but stay tuned for updates, either from myself or from Philip and Brandon. They're probably going to talk about it briefly on their upcoming um, show this Thursday. So, stay tuned. And also, Bullocast was there at um, East Bay Pro Wrestling this past week, weekend. So just heads up. Stay tuned for an upcoming interviews or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, guys, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump on to the recap for NWA Power Surge from Tuesday, May 4th. That's right. So NWA Power Surge, um, long story short, it's pretty much more of a talk show where pretty much just kind of like a recap of like each of the key component matches that is like grasping into a storyline. And then after you showing like recaps of like past segments and past matches, hosts Joe Galley and Mae Valentine interview each of the wrestlers. So for that, they show the recap of this whole like um, quarrel between Thunder Rosa Melina, Camille, and Taryn Terrell on the last episode of NWA Power. 
And that's where Joe Galley and Mae Valentine interview Thunder Rosa. So Thunder Rosa did talk about she's very proud of her accomplishment, especially what women's wrestling can do, especially during the pandemic as well, since Thunder Rosa has been wrestling with um, AEW. She was the NWA Women's Champion before she lost to Serena Deeb on Primetime Live. And how she lost the normal contendership match to Camille on the back for the attack pay-per-view. So, yeah, you guys. And then, so, then, Mae Valentine, of course, she's been reading, and I mean reading, um, Thunder Rosa very hard about how, if Thunder Rosa is very worried about, you know, loss to Camille or loss... The opportunity to get her goal, get back that NWA Women's Champion. And Thunder Rosa, I mean, she was very hesitant. And the fact that, like, she doesn't want to deal with the whole, like, BS answer that she said, like, she is the one that's what she is not a coward. That Camille is a coward. And how much Camille didn't mess up her student. Alex Gracia big time and how much that Thunder Rosa is bringing more of a credibility and the fact that like she wanted to bring more of the women's wrestling of it is and also like May did actually ask Thunder Rosa about like Thunder Rosa ran the training facility and the promotion of course and how it's like hard to juggle, but Thunder Rosa did say that she had to pay the bills and the credit and giving it more of a credit how much that like, she's making a name for herself, especially in bringing those talents to NWA and showcasing what's about too. So yeah, so it was a pretty much a very interesting interview, especially the fact that, you know, Mae Valentine with her journalistic background, like you could tell that you could tell that she wanted to dive deep into each of the wrestlers like you know concerns and questionable doubts or anything like that so that's what i like about it too so yeah you guys afterwards then you have is a nwa power surge spotlight match that's right between sky blue versus genocide so for commentary is velvet sky and joe galley and i am very impressed with this matchup of course so you guys familiar with sky blue and genocide from aew dark as i mentioned it before well sky blue was recently on aew dark and aew dark elevation from pretty much i think almost a month ago and i'm gonna say these ladies did impress the hell i mean it's like more of like agility meets powerhouse of course so you have like Sky Blue did super kick, um, genocide followed by a roundhouse kick, kick to genocide, and then genocide with the more of a powerhouse maneuver. As she did the sidewalk slam for a two count, and then she did deliver a surfboard submission hole until um, Sky Blue did escape. A lot of back and forth counter going on. Genocide with the vertical suplex for a two count. Sky Blue with that high crossbody, like jeez to. Genocide that ends in a white count, one count, and at the end, Genocide deliver a pal driver and thus pick up the victory. So this is a very impressive showcasing match, especially for the women's division. Like, wow, I am very impressed altogether. So afterwards, afterwards. More highlights from what happened on the main event match, which is the Team Aldis, which is Strictly Business, and J.R. Kratos versus the team of Team Trevor Murdoch, which is Trevor Murdoch, um, Tim Storm, and Aaron Stevens. And yeah, they did show what happened during the main event match, and then May Valentine interviewed Trevor Murdoch. He talked about like what that national title means for him, how much he is a family man, he is setting up the example, and how much he is very sad that he had to no longer be in NWA for 30 days. He had to stay home and watch Nick Aldis being the champion and all that stuff. So it was a pretty much a very heartbreaking interview. And then and then more highlights going on. Like, talking about the whole situation with 
J.R. Kratos and Aaron Stevens, especially J.R. Kratos versus Saul Ronaldo's match. Yeah, it's a lot of highlights from, like, past episode of NWA Power that's, like, coming across to it. And then at the end, you have his Joe, Joe Galli and Mae Valentine interview, of course, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. As Nick Aldis did, um, made the announcement that Tom Lanamore and Chris, Master of the Full, Nelson Adonis, will be competing for the NWA World Tag Team Champion against Jared Kratos and Aaron Stevens, which Nick Aldis did briefly stated about this whole fallout between Kratos and Aaron Stevens ever since Aaron Stevens did turn into a new lead that causes Kratos to get more frustrated. So pretty much we're going to be seeing the, the title match probably on June 6th for the NWA pay-per-view when our shadows falls. And then, here's a kicker. So, the kicker is that, um, kicker, Joe Gallimidi announcement that there will be a 13-man, um, 13-man battle royal to determine the number one contendership for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. However, the the only exclusion for the ones that are going to be competing for the for the number one contendership in the Battle Royal is the whoever's the current NWA Tag Team Champion, the Television Champion, and the National Champion. So those are the ones that are not going to be participating in the 14-man Battle Royal to get that number one contendership match. And it's going to be taking place at the at the pay-per-view when our shadows fall. So, yeah, and I know Nick Aldis was not happy about the announcement, so, and then he left. So, yeah, so that is it for the episode of NWA Power Surge. I mean, I'm not going to grade this because it's just your typical talk show, like, giving, like, past highlights and a showcasing match. But the Genocide versus Sky Blue match, I enjoyed a lot, you guys. I pretty much more entertaining than Jeremiah Pluckett versus Mims match, which... It is a pretty much a good showcasing match, you guys. Don't get me wrong about it. But all in all, it's a good show. So NWA Power will be coming back this Tuesday. So I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, enough of NWA talk. Now let's go ahead and talk some Impact Wrestling. That is right. Impact Wrestling for May 6, 2020 on a Thursday for the... Before the Impact pre-show match, you have is Jake something defeated Shira in a singles match. It was a pretty much a solid match, especially there has been some interference going on with Rohit Rashu. So pretty much it's kind of like this whole revenge going on ever since Jake something did lost to Chris Bay. All thanks to Rohit Rashu kind of grabbed Jake something's ankle during the qualifying match. And yeah, so pretty much it's like more of like a few that's still going on between Jake something and Rohit Raju and Shira. Alrighty guys, so let's go ahead and go to the main card of Impact Wrestling. So the opening match you have is Chris Saban versus Rhino for the qualifying match. That's right. Just to recap you guys, the six man qualifying match for the number one contendership for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship match against Kenny Omega at Slammiversary. That is correct, you guys. So, continue on with this qualifying match. Sherman, who will get the spot in a six-way match on Impact Plus Exclusive Under Siege. And just real quick, before I get into the match, so Impact Wrestling made the decision that Sammy Callahan will be the one that's going to be part of this six-way a match at Under Siege. That's right. So we have a Sammy Callahan, Matt Cardona, and Chris Bay, of course. So the match itself, it was a pretty much a very fun match. The only thing I was surprised that neither James Storm or the rest of the members of Violent by Design got involved in this match. They were all watching. They were just like rooting slash giving words of encouragement to their prospective members and it was a pretty much a very fresh Chris match and plus when is the last time Chris Saban wore a trunk like we haven't seen it in like years when he was like part of the impact role um 
championship picture. Like, yeah, it was before the whole, like, GFW type of situation, you guys. But, yeah, so it was a pretty much a very impressive match. A lot of counter, a lot of back and forth, roll-ups going on. I mean, Chris Sabian with the missile dropkick to to Rhino, but then Dina got distracted a bit from the referee, and that's where Rhino did poke a thumb in Chris Sabin's eye, but then, of course, Rhino with the suplex, but at the end, Chris Sabin with the with the um, inside cradle and thus pick up the victory, and he is advanced to the six-way match at Under Siege. So it was a pretty much a very fun match, and... You know, you never know what's going to be happening next. And then you have the backstage segment with Brian Myers, very upset about that he lost to Matt Cardona. You won't be able to be in a qualified match until magically appear is Rosemary, which she actually kind of like, you know, calling him out with the ego and this whole weird tarot card situation, which is like pretty interesting. So she did read um, his fortune, which... Of course, Brian Myers called BS, and thus outcome Black Taurus start attacking him right away, and the rest of the members of DK has been surrounding him. So that's where there's a lot of like animosity going on, and thus like you know a setup for the upcoming match that's going to be taking place at Under Siege, which it just been announced on Impact Wrestling's um, Twitter page. So this is going to be pretty interesting. And then afterwards, you have is a match between Susan with Kimberly versus Taylor Wilde. And you saw that Kimberly was trying to coach Susan, but Susan was like going out of control. All Cameron mode, of course, <laughs> which is entertaining. The match itself, it was pretty decent. I mean, it was a pretty much a fun start. I like the fact when Taylor Wilde did a cartwheel um, takedown to Susan in a very professional manner, but then Susan did try to attempt it, but it's more like into like a Karen cartwheel that is not that impressive. <laughs> but you know, it was a lot of like counter, I mean, counter, and also, and also like technical submission holds. And then right in the middle of the match, Tennille Dashwood and Kayla with a cup K came out just to watch the match. But Kaylin with the K has been taking a lot of picture of Taylor Wilde's match. Like, okay. So, Kaylin, you're Tennille's, I mean, Kaylin with the K, you're Tennille's personal photographer. Is that supposed to be your job? Is only strictly taking picture of Tennille? I guess she let him have the permission to take a picture of Taylor Wilde, like, you know, her, while she's in a matchup. So, it was pretty much a fun match. And then right when Taylor Wilde was about to go up on the top rope, that's where um, Kimberly did grab the ankle, pull her down, and thus Kayla with the K got involved by picking Kimberly up, and that's where Tennille did hit Susan with a net breaker while the referee was looking through Kayla with the K and Kimberly, and that's where Taylor Wilde did um, took the advantage and delivered the Northern Lights suplex to pick up the victory. So it was a pretty much a very good, decent match. I Taylor Wilde delivering the Northern Lights suplex kind of brought me back so many memories of her past matches when she was in Impact Wrestling years ago when it used to be TNA Wrestling. So I'm glad she did use that move instead of that submission hole, which, you know, it is a pretty good submission finisher, but I would like to see her older um finisher like what she used to like from many years ago and this is it and afterwards um Taylor Wilde walked away from Tennille and Kayla with the K and you know that like you know Tennille was trying to convince Taylor to be her tag team partner they could work together but Taylor would rather be solo you know what's very interesting you guys I mean Taylor Wilde's podcast Wild On actually the recent episode, Wild On, she actually interviewed Tennille Dashwood. What a coincidence. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. I wonder what's next um, episode of the Wild On she interviewed. Probably Kayla with a K or maybe Susan, a.k.a. Sue Young or whichever form that Taylor Wild can interview. But, yeah, you guys. 
Alrighty, excuse me. <laughs> it's been a long day. And then afterwards, you have GM Miller interviewing Deanna Perrazzo, talking about what's why Deanna Perrazzo is scared in the first place. But then she, she, she got it quickly interrupted by DK, and that's where Rosemary did mock Deanna Perrazzo, calling her a coward and coward. And so Deanna Perrazzo was upset. She tried to walk away, but Havoc stops, but right before behind her. And that's where Havoc wanted to challenge Deanna for the title and stuff. So Deanna, you know, kind of quote unquote lies, say that she's going to talk to Scott Demore and say, how about Havoc versus Rosemary for the number one contendership match on the next episode of Impact Wrestling. And thus the winner get to face Deanna Perrazzo at Under Siege. So that's what happened, even though she kind of blatantly lied to it. But yeah. And then you have his video vignette of W. Morrissey, a.k.a. Big W, talking about like, like he's trying to make his name for himself and how much that he is trying to to bring more of a comeback. And that was a really good vignette. And then he actually called out Willie Mack. So he is challenging Willie Mack for a singles match at Under Siege. So, yep, match has been confirmed. Big W versus Willie Mack at Under Siege. Looking forward to it. And then you have his Rohe Raju with Shira versus Trey Miguel for the qualifying match. So fifth spot, you guys. And it was a pretty much a good exhibition match. I really enjoyed the whole back and forth counter. I liked Trey Miguel's sunset flip to Rohe Raju for the two count. You have Rohe Raju trying to roll out of the ring before taking his time to get back in. And, of course, a lot of, like, strikes and tests of strength going on. It's, like, a lot of, like, back and forth going on a lot of submission has been whole well put together and you know what's interesting no interference from Shira because Shira was watching the whole match the whole time so yeah it's pretty interesting even though like in the opening of the match you have like a little bit of interference but not too much from you know the whole Chris Saban versus Rhinos match but yeah anyway so you have is Trey delivered the Northern like suplex into the low, double wrist lock before Rohit Rochelle gets into the rope for a break. And then Rohit Rochelle hits with the net breaker into a Falcon arrow. Then trying to apply the crossfade, but Trey counter with the submission that we haven't seen. And then that's where Trey hits a hip disconnect into a knee bar um, submission and thus he picked up a victory, and he got the fifth spot for the six-way match at Under Siege. So, very fun match. I really am very impressed, especially the high caliber from both guys. They're in the X Division. Well, Trey, I think he's, like, formerly in the X Division because he's now, like, competing more in the heavyweight division. Yeah, afterwards, music hits. Out comes Jay something, and he starts attacking... Um, Shira, and he got into the ring and attacked Rohit Roshu. Like I said, the feud's still going on after what Rohit Roshu did to Jake Something on the last episode of Impact Wrestling, where, like I said, Jake Something lost to Chris Bay, won't be able to get the qualifying match opportunity that he needed. So, continue on with this whole feud. Then you have is, let's see... Then you have is this whole Swingers Palace be crap situation now it's back on however what's interesting is all of the qualifying participate chris bay um chris saban trey miguel well not all because sammy callahan wasn't there sorry and also james stern was there but james stern was talking about he has an upcoming match against moose and he wanted to make sure that that he is going to be the one that's going to beat Moose. Oh, yeah, Mark Cardona was there as well. So there was, like, a lot of back and forth going on. And I know Chris Bay was giving it a mind game to James Storm, Chris Sabian. Like, he's asking James Storm beer money or beer guns. And then he asked Chris Sabian mostly machine guns or, or beer guns. So a lot of, like, argument going on is pretty interesting. So I'm glad, like, this whole crapola segment, which is so unnecessary, they tied in more for like the whole like there's perspective of this match and then you have is oh yeah i skipped so many like parts of it too so 
you have is the so before the whole like Doc Alice versus Juice Robinson's match, you have is the Elite 2.0. That's right, I call it the Elite 2.0. Um, was circling around as Don Callis did mention say the that the Good Brothers need to focus on winning, especially of what happened after we were talking about what happened after like this whole main event match where of course the Elite 2.0 did attack Eddie Edwards and. Um, Sammy Callahan and Kenny Omega did mention to Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson that win, wins and loses does matter and that he's going to be their coach to make sure they got to understand. And they all agree too. So yeah, the match itself between Doc Gallows versus Juice Robinson, it is a pretty solid matchup. I mean, a lot of like back and forth. Doc Gallows, Doc Gallows was the one that is dominating most of the match because of his test of strength. You know, like he did choke Juice Robinson in the ropes, and of course, of course, Juice Robinson did come back counter with the implanted DDT for a two count. Then Juice with the infamous jabs, of course, before he delivered the left hook, hook, and then, and then Juice was about to do his signature move until the Elite 2.0 got distracting um, Juice Robinson by by Juice Robinson knocking Carl and Kenny off the apron. And that's where Doc Alice counters and um prettier and nearly sends Juice Robinson out of the ring with the big boot. And then at the end, Doc Gallows delivered the sit-down powerbomb. I mean, the sit-down powerbomb, which is called the sit-your-ass-down-buster. According to what D'Lo Brown saying, yeah, you're sit your ass down, Buster, and thus pick up the victory afterwards. Dealey 2.0 attacked Finn Juice, and then out comes Eddie Edwards trying to make a save, but no fail because Dealey attacked the hell out of them, and thus standing tall. So it was a pretty much a very decent match. A lot of back and like I said, a lot of good. Um, move set a lot of like counter, but mostly Doc Gallows is the one that dominated the match. So pretty much a very decent job too. And I'm glad we're seeing more of Finn Juice. And I'm going to talk about it um, briefly when I talk about, of course, El Fantasmo's New Japan, uh, I mean, El Fantasmo Impact Wrestling debut match. And then afterwards, you have backstage with Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan, where they're about to leave the studio as Giamella trying to catch up with them as Deanna has no comment, no update that she's trying to leave until... Out comes Scott Demore, and he thanked Deanna Praza for a very clever idea that Havoc and Rosemary will be facing each other for the number one contendership on the next episode of Impact Wrestling, and the winner gets to challenge Deanna Prazo for the Knockouts title at Under Siege, in which Deanna Prazo is not impressed. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, afterward, and then you have the match debut match. So you have is. VSK versus El Fantasmo. So you guys remember VSK from AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, and also he was the Hasman Thailand from AEW Dynamite, and he appeared in the AEW Casino mobile device commercial where he was the one that's standing in line. So yeah, so that was a really much a good debut match for both guys. I am very impressed, especially with VSK. Like, holy crap, that was a. I like his, I like his um, splash count for two count from VSK, and he did an amazing job too. And then of course, Alvatazma delivered the trio well before stomping into his groin, and then he did the Spring Boy crossbody, and then VSK did hit the Yoshikoroshi for the two count. So a lot of high-flying action, a lot of, like, counter, like, holy crap. And then, of course, typical Alvatazma raking VSK's back so hard, and, yeah, a lot of impressive counters. And at the end, um... Alphatasmo hit the super kick and thus pick up the victory. So what a great debut match. However, first of all, Alphatasmo came out to his own theme. Why the hell Impact Wrestling's not letting Finn Juice coming out to their perspective theme, New Japan Pro Wrestling theme songs? Like, why? I understand why probably due to copyright 
infringement. But I know that Alpha Tosma did produce his own theme song with some help, which that makes sense why he why his theme song is playing, you know. And now regarding with this whole like situation with like, you know, you have New Japan stars coming into Impact Wrestling, that is more reasonable because like, you know, with the whole situation going on in Japan with the increasing case of the virus has been spreading, you know, some of the stars New Japan promotion stars are stuck in their prospective country. Mainly, we have the majority of them here in the United States as well. That's why New Japan strong existed. More opportunities for, you know, the LA Dojo guys and other stars that signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, you know. So, hopefully, we're going to be seeing more of this partner, this whole partnership continue on. Like, you know, from New Japan to, like, Impact Wrestling or with AEW as well. I mean, Yuji Nagata is going to be having his match this Wednesday against um, John Moxley competing for the IWGP United States Championship. That's major, you know. Hopefully, we'll be seeing, we're getting some of the members, maybe more members of Bullet Club like G.O.D. or even Jay freaking White appearing on Impact Wrestling or AEW or NW or whichever, you guys. I mean, it is going to be making more account more accommodable and especially being more safe too until like things are slowly getting back in tr on track especially you know with the whole vaccine situation over there in japan but yeah all in all it was a solid debut match and then afterwards you have it's the next match you have is kira hogan versus rager ellering i must say this is a better match than the previous match between taylor wilde versus susan with all due respect i mean it was a lot of aggression from both ladies. You saw like Kira Hogan super kick Rachel and beat her in the corner before hitting a backstabber for a two count. And then Kira Hogan with the bulldog for a two count, unlocking in a rear naked chin lock. Then Rachel did counter with the clothesline into a flying back elbow and then a senton for a two count before Kira Hogan come back with the with the running maneuver in the corner, and that's after um, Tasha Steele got involved by pushing Kira Hogan off from the from the corner, and that's where Rachel Ring did hit the bump. That's where Kira Hogan did her running signature uppercut for the two count, of course. And then at the end, I mean, I must say this is one of my favorite like Rachel Ellering finisher. Once that Kira Hogan and Rachel went back and forth, that's where Rachel took the advantage and delivered a very incredible black hole slam. And thus, Rachel Ellering did defeat a Kira Hogan. I am so impressed with her finish. I think this is one of my new favorite finisher from her, the black hole slam to her, to Kira Hogan. It is beautiful. Like, the amount of time that she's spinning Kira, like, three times and then slamming it on the corner and pin her, it is well executed, I must say. So, but the match is, is perfect. Yeah. Anyway, then you have is Don Callis running into Moose as he kind of like, you know, manipulating him, talking about like, you know, football talk or whatever as Moose doesn't want to deal with uh, Don Callis as he's trying to prepare for a match against James Storm and he's definitely going to be more... Looking forward to being in the qualifying match. So, yeah. And so, next week, they did announce the matches for next week. So, you have is Tasha Steele versus Jordan Grace. That's after um, Fire and Flavor and also Jordan Grace and Rachel Oden kind of face each other off. So, yeah. And then you have Rosemary versus Havoc for the number one contendership match to face Deanna Perrazzo at Under Siege. Then you have Carl Anderson versus Dave Finley. And then you have is the X Division Scramble match, which the winner gets to face Josh Alexander at Under Siege. So you have is Rohit Raju, P.D. William, A.C. Romero, T.J.P., Ace Austin, and El Fantasma will be competing in that match and see who is going to be the winner facing Josh Alexander. All right, and your main event match you have is James Storm versus Moose. That was a very much a well fight off match, and it's a lot of like whole powerhouse maneuver. However, like Moose was dominating this match hard to James Storm, especially outside of the ring where like Moose did um, 
did push James Storm through the barricade so hard, especially on his leg, like Jesus Christ. And then both guys got back in the ring, and that's where Moose sends James out into the apron. Well, that was beforehand. And hit a dragon screw in the rope before focusing on his knee at ringside. And then both guys back in the ring, and Moose did stomp the knee to James Storm really hard, like in a corner, like holy crap. And that's where James Storm's um, knee pad has been taking off, taken off right away. So Moose has been t- beating the holy crap out of James Storm, but he is. But James Storm did counter, and he did deliver more impressive strikes, you know. And, of course, hitting, knocking Moose with his right hand. That's where James Storm did hit the fist press, and then the code breaker into a tornado DDT for a two count. And then he did the sunset flip, but Moose did counter with a spear. Spear the knee of James Storm, then moves lock in a half crab submission before James Storm did um did grab the rope for a rope break, and then that's where James Storm did the Eye of the Storm, followed by the last call. But of course, of course, Moose did counter, and that was like a lot of like whole back and forth because James Storm is still um hurting his leg really hard, you know, and especially when he's trying to deliver. The eye is storm, but couldn't because Moose did got out and his leg is like weakened. And at the end, Moose did spear him and thus pick up the victory. And you have, it's the sixth person that's going to be qualifying in a six-way match at Under Siege. And afterwards, Moose grabbed the chair. He placed it around James Storms' knee and then stomped it really hard. And that's where Chris Sabian came out and checked in on James Storm as Moose did um walked away and thus that's the end of impact wrestling that's right it is a pretty solid show i mean a lot of storyline developing for it impressive debut from alpha tosmo and vsk like wow very blown away and then the women's match itself like one that is like pretty decent because i think it's like a short amount of time and then the other one that was very impressive as hell and then like more of like storyline from like this whole like qualifying match from like each of the contenders that's what i like about it too however what's interesting is no sammy callahan is on this episode hmm oh yeah because he's the one that got attacked by the elite but eddie edwards did appear of course but oh well with that i'm gonna be giving impact wrestling a b just a solid B, you know. I mean, it's a good show, but you know, we'll see what's going to be coming about on the next episode. However, you guys, just an announcement you know, the show normally airs on a Sunday night or a Monday, of course. So, um, the next episode is going to be the last episode of Impact Wrestling and then the recap for the Impact Plus special under siege so we want to continue on so i'm going to be doing a prediction right now for the impact plus under siege so here it is you guys so for the x division match you have is josh alexander versus whoever's the winner of the x division scramble match i'm gonna go with someone that actually we're gonna be seeing a rematch once again and plus on is on an impact plus special i hate to see it we're gonna be seeing tjp i mean i know that like rohit rushu is Continue to feud with Jake something. Alpha Tasma just debuted, and I don't see him in a title picture. Petey Williams, I doubt it, but, I mean, that would be my second choice for it. Ace Austin, he already had too many um, rematches. Don't want to see it again, but, yeah. So, I'm going to go with TJP for it, and thus, I'm going with Josh Alexander to retain the X Division title, because hopefully we'll be seeing Josh Alexander versus ELP at Slammiversary. Then you have is Deanna Perrazzo versus Havoc or Rosemary for the Knockouts Championship match. I'm actually going to go with Havoc because Havoc is the one that actually was there the whole time, like, scaring off Deanna Perrazzo. And plus, she's now solo. So I think Impact Wrestling needs to find something to do for Havoc. So Deanna Perrazzo versus Havoc would make sense. But I'm going with Deanna to retain the title. That way, we'll help to set up Deanna Perrazzo versus Taylor Wilde, maybe at Slammiversary. Then you have his Black Taurus versus Brian Myers. I'm actually going to go with Brian Myers on this so that we can continue on to be a heel of a wrestler as he is. 
And then you have his Big W versus Willie Mack. I'm going with Big W on it so that we can continue on elevating um, his time in Impact Wrestling. And plus, he just debuted, like, not too long ago at, Re- at Rebellion. So it doesn't even make sense if he's going to lose this match. But, yeah. Then you have is the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship match between Jordan Grace and Rachel Elring versus Fire and Flavor. I'm going with Jordan and Rachel to retain the title. Then you have is the six-man tag team match between Finn Juice and Eddie Edwards versus the Elite 2.0. I'm going to go with the Elite 2.0 to pick up the victory. I mean, you need to have, like, a higher elevating star power. And plus, it's Kenny Omega. He is the... Like the belt collector, of course. And then in your main event match is the six-way match to determine the number one contendership for the Impact World Championship match. Chris Bay, Matt Cardona, Sammy Callahan, Chris Saban, Trey Miguel, and Moose. My primary pick, I'm going with Moose on this because I know that people are pushing Moose hard. Depends on, like, you know, his status with Impact Wrestling. I just feel he's going to be the one that's going to be the one that's going to face Kenny Omega. However, my secondary pick, I'm going to go with someone that's going to be very brutal. And I think we'll be seeing like more of a partnership, especially someone who is currently in AEW. I'm going with Sammy Callahan as my secondary pick. And if he's the one that's going to be challenging Kenny Omega, have him brought into AEW and maybe tagging with John Moxley. Because I know they used to be tag teams years ago before John Moxley was with WWE. So... Yeah, you guys. And there you have it. That's my prediction for Impact Wrestling Under Siege. So it's going to be this Saturday only on Impact Plus, but you can also watch it on Fight TV for only $9.99, y'all. With that being said, that is it for the episode of Into the Stratosphere. So if you want to send good feedbacks or comments or anything like that, well, DM me on Twitter or on Instagram at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore OK. Or on TikTok at simply underscore C underscore O-K-A-Y, y'all. All right, and make sure to follow Teddy Turnbuckle, where I normally do the AEW show's reaction, like from Dark, um, AEW Dark Elevation and also AEW Diamond, as well as I do a live recap and review of episodes of AEW Dynamite. Again, that's at Teddy Turnbuckle YouTube channel. And also make sure to follow at the Bullet Cast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And also make sure to follow at the Bullet Cast on all podcasting platform and follow us on Patreon as well. With that being said, just remember to wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds, wear your face mask or any face covering. No excuses. Um Practice social distancing. Get vaccinated because it will save you or everybody else's lives. But the choice is yours. And as always, remember to please be kind of one another. We're all in this together. Till then, this is Cindy G. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of Into the Stratosphere. Cheers, y'all. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.